welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hokie Hangover Podcast. My name is Andrew Alex. Mike McDaniel has the flu. No, not COVID. He has the flu. So we are short-staffed for the second episode in a row, but it's all good. Not an incredible amount to cover, and I, I think Ricky LeBlue will do that just fine. Ricky, how are you, man? Yeah, it's a shame that uh, Mike's not here to tell me that uh, Virginia Tech is a number one seed in the NCAA tournament at the moment because um, that's exactly what it would do. In all seriousness, though, um, things are looking up on the basketball front, and who knew that winning games would be fun? Yeah, fun indeed. Fun is almost an understatement for this team that looked dead in the water following their loss to Boston College. Then they get the buzzer beater heartbreak against Miami. They get shellacked, not shellacked, but beat convincingly by North Carolina. They hung in there for a half, and the second half was far from competitive. I mean, North Carolina had a sizable lead almost the entire way through there in that second half. And for those who wanted to talk about the tournament, I said, look, you got to win the next four games. That was after we beat – sorry, whatever we did that. After we beat Florida State and people started bringing up hopes of going to the tournament again, I said, look, we need to win the next four games. The first three seemed extremely manageable, Georgia Tech – and a home-and-home against Pitt. The the first of the two matchups with Pittsburgh ended up being a little closer than Hokie fans would have liked, especially given the circumstances where they blew, what was it, Ricky, a 30-point lead? I thought it was 28, but it might as well have been 38 or 58 or 78. Pitt, Pitt looked absolutely clueless on the defensive end there for a half, and Tech had to somehow pull it out of their, their behinds in order to win that one. And they did. Luckily, the, the second rendition of the Pittsburgh matchup, which, Ricky, you did predict correctly, Castle Coliseum would be a little bit kinder given the circumstances, even though it is difficult to beat an ACC team two times in a season, let alone two times in three days. Virginia Tech prevails convincingly in that one. And then the zone defense from Syracuse comes into town. Virginia Tech at Castle, able to come away with the victory. And then on Monday in a Commonwealth clash, the Hokies take down the University of Virginia, avenging a, one of the many heartbreaking losses that they suffered in the beginning of the season. I think the UVA won maybe at the top of the list in my mind, given that they went scoreless over the final three minutes of the game. I believe Keve Aluma had three turnovers in the final two minutes of the game and clutched or, and grasped defeat out of the jaws of victory or whatever the hell the saying is. But now Virginia Tech's won six games in a row. And if you look back to even that heartbreaker against Miami, I mean, the showing against North Carolina wasn't great, but this team has played good basketball pretty much dating back to their matchup with Notre Dame, with the exception of that Boston College game. That was a joke. Fortunes seem to be changing here, Ricky. I think that This is certainly unprecedented in Virginia Tech basketball history, going from two and seven to eight and seven in the ACC. And now we look ahead at a big matchup with North Carolina and a five game stretch with some challenges, but also some winnable games. And even the national outlets are starting to recognize Virginia Tech as a bubble team. 
the entire narrative of the season began to flip at the Florida State game. Um, Florida State had, had kind of been on the on the downside in their last few games going into that one, but you still felt like Tech was going to lose. Um, that would give them, what, eight conference losses. Um, going into the road in Tallahassee, something that Tech had never done and win. They had never done that even into the Buzz William era. And that was really kind of the – the coming out party for this team. They took care of business against Georgia tech. And after the second game against Pittsburgh, I kind of chalked it up to just hot shooting because tech shot um, 61% from the field against Florida state, 52% against Georgia tech, and then 57 and 52 against Pittsburgh in those two games. You shoot that percentage uh, in any game, and you should win. And Tech had shot 50% from the floor against Miami the week, or excuse me, the game prior to Florida State and still lost. But when you shoot it that hot, you should win games. But then they went out and they played Syracuse, and the offense struggled for a significant stretch of that game. And they only shoot 38%. But what's been the difference these last two games? And this is something that we talked about in the chat it's the defense. Shockingly enough, this is this has been a highly competent team on the defensive end of the floor for the last two games. Uh, Syracuse, that's not all that surprising. They're missing Jesse Edwards. Uh, they couldn't really get things figured out. And for UVA, though, UVA has a, their full complement, and they were one of, if not the hottest team coming into in the conference coming into that game, along with Virginia Tech and. Uh, UVA just looked disjointed. They they could not get in a rhythm. Tech was closing out on shooters. They had excellent protection uh, around the rim. Uh, they were getting to, uh, again, getting to shooters on the perimeter. They weren't giving up any easy looks down under. Um, everything had to be earned on UVA's front, and it, it, it kind of felt like it was watching UVA from three or four years ago where – they were one of the best defensive teams in basketball, uh, both um, on a, in, a, in a total aspect and on an efficiency aspect. And to me, that was the thing that really stood out was the defensive uh, performance over the last two games. That's been what's changed everything for me. And because Tech, look, Tech didn't shoot it well against Syracuse. Tech didn't shoot it well against Virginia. But – when you play defense like that, you can overcome those sorts of things. They had 17 uh, uh, free throws made in both of those games as well. That's something that we weren't seeing earlier in the season. And I remember lamenting it on the podcast, how Virginia Tech was struggling to get to the rim and they were not playing physical and aggressive on the offensive end. Um, they, they still got to the free throw line. And for me, that was such a huge huge boost for this offense because those are easy points they're playing incredible defense right now and you know we i, I talked about it on the podcast how there was you know almost a zero percent chance in my opinion that virginia tech was going to make the ncaa tournament but given where we're at now virginia tech has a has a lane to get there it, it's it's not a small one either i mean it's smaller than it should be because 
I, I think what we've seen is, and I've always said this about sports in general, right? You, you know, if you're the lesser team in a football game, I don't necessarily blame you for going for two and avoiding overtime because the longer you, the two teams play, the more likely the better team is going to win. And what we had with Virginia Tech was a team who wasn't performing to their potential, catching a lot of bad breaks. On top of that, it was, you know, a, a mismatch made in hell, if you will. But the efficiency numbers always spoke to the fact that this was a decent team. I always, I always questioned why Vegas kept giving Virginia Tech so much credit, even though on the court time after time after time, it, it seemed like they were letting you down. But it just kills me to know that if you can get back that game against Boston College, if you can get back that game against North Carolina State, if you can – I mean, I don't even want to I – mean, the buzzer beater against Miami doesn't kill me, right, because – I mean, Miami is a good basketball team. They had the final shot to win, and they hit it. That's that. But not scoring three, you know, not scoring a single point in the final three minutes against UVA, that's inexcusable for a team of this offensive talent. So what you end up with is a much smaller lane where, you know, you get one or two of those back, and this team's a lock, and now you have very little margin for error, in my opinion. I mean, I, I'll ask you, Ricky, and by the way, I did talk to Mike today, and I asked him, if you had to decide today, you know, just yes or no, give me something, no caveats. Is Virginia Tech going to make the NCAA tournament this year? He said yes. What does Ricky the Blue say? Dude, <laughs> they have to lose at some point, right? Like, I, I understand that they're, you know, they're winning in different ways, and that's encouraging. Um, but they, they're going to lose at some point. It's just, that's, it's how it's how sports works. Um, it's good chance it's going to be against Carolina um, on on Saturday. I, I hope that's not the case because that would be a pretty sizable win for uh, for Virginia Tech's resume. Um, if they don't lose there, there's a good chance it'll be um, at Miami uh, next weekend. So. You've got five games left on the conference schedule. I think they've got to go four and one in these in these last five. Um, and for the love of God, please don't let the loss come to come to Georgia Tech. So, uh, which a a a nine p.m. Wednesday tip in Atlanta. It, there there are there are better atmospheres in in the country than that. Um. It, to me, it feels like a toss-up right now. I, I, I would put it at 50-50. Um, the, so is there a number that you look at? Let's just say, you know, it's – let's just say – I mean, I guess we can rule out for theoretical purposes a loss to Georgia Tech, even a loss to Louisville at this I point. I wouldn't because rule the way anything that, out, but that's I mean, certainly the game left on the schedule that you are the most confident in Virginia Tech winning. Yeah, and Louisville – since the firing of Chris Mack has just been playing in net basketball. This is a team that started four and zero in conference. And I believe they're now what five and 11. Yeah. They're Louisville is one of those teams that just isn't playing up to their, their talent level. And, and that one, again, a, another late tip during the week at the, the I mean, it's at, it's at home. So you have to hope that the, the crowd shows up, um, which, you know, let's take a second to recognize, um, I was not in Blacksburg for this game, unfortunately, but the atmosphere in Castle Coliseum for the UVA game was 
outstanding, tremendous, superb, whatever superlative you want to use. And I think that, that that stuff does play a role in these games where you've got two teams that are pretty evenly matched. And um, so hats off to everyone there uh, for, for showing up and, and showing out. I think Tech's got to go four and one in this stretch to make to to give them to give themselves a chance. I don't think that locks them in. Uh, I don't think Tech can lock themselves in, really, to be quite honest. Other than winning out, winning, going out, into, in a, winning out in a tournament win. I think at that point, I don't think that locks you in. I, I think it puts you in really good shape, but the only way they're locking themselves in is if they go in and win the ACC tournament, um, which. Hey, I, I don't think it's it, – it's not likely, but it's certainly possible considering the ACC is as down as it is. Virginia Tech's playing very hot basketball at the right time. And quite honestly, the only team that you look at and you feel like Tech has no chance of beating is Duke. Yeah. Um, I and mean, even quite, then, quite frankly, Rick, outside of Duke, if the ACC tournament started today, let's just say Duke got disqualified from the ACC tournament for some reason. And the ACC tournament was going to start today with all the teams outside of the Blue Devils. Who do you think the favorite would be? Probably Tech. Maybe Wake Forest. Maybe yeah, Carolina. I would say Wake, Wake would deserve some, some serious consideration. But Tech has as good a chance as anybody outside of Duke. And there's still five games left. There's a lot of time before we get to the ACC tournament. But I think it's important to note that um, and, and give credit to Virginia Tech for playing as well as they are right now. Um, but for me, if, if you're going into the tournament with serious hopes of making the ACC tournament, you've got to go four and one over the next five. And, and then when you get to Brooklyn, you've got, you still got some work to do. I think you at least got to win one game. Um, a first round exit in Brooklyn, I think is kind of the death knell for Virginia Tech's tournament chances. Even if they go five and zero to finish the regular season, I, I, Tech does not have a like you said, Andrew. They don't have a lot of margin for error. Now, again, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I still think it's fifty fifty because I think Virginia Tech's playing good enough basketball at the moment to try and sustain some of this. And again, I think they're going to lose at least one of their next five but they are good enough to win four of those five games, and they are good enough to win at least one if not two games in Brooklyn. So Tech's got a serious chance here. And um, considering where we were at, what, a month and a half ago, two months ago, you have to give everyone on the roster a ton of credit, and you've got to give Mike Young and his coaching staff a tremendous amount of credit for getting these guys to start to play to the level that we all knew that they could play to. Yeah, I mean, look – as deflated as we all felt after that Miami game, I mean, literally the best possible case scenario has played itself out. But like you said, Ricky, at that time, the NCAA tournament was a pipe dream. The NIT didn't even feel like a guarantee because you knew of the challenge that was ahead. And, you know, six wins in a row is nothing to scoff at. I think that, you know, this game against North Carolina on Saturday can do the Hokies huge favors. And, Again, I don't see why – there's no reason to believe they can't win out from here. But having watched ACC basketball for my entire life, you know it just doesn't work like that. And as good as Virginia Tech has played, 
they haven't played this invincible brand of basketball. I mean, we almost saw them lose to Pittsburgh. Tech doesn't have the roster to go 11-0 to finish the regular season. Um, that would be outstanding, right? But um, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I, will, I will eat my shorts if Virginia Tech wins the next five. Um, the encouraging thing is, although it dep- I guess it depends on how you look at it, is that UNC just lost to Pitt uh, by nine. Um, I look at it the other way. <laughs> They're yeah, so, like, so, 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 so you look at it one way in the sense that, hey, UVA or excuse me, UNC is kind of flailing right now. Uh, and on the flip side of that, UNC is pissed off and should play better basketball uh, when they come to Blacksburg this weekend. I think it's going to be another tremendous atmosphere inside Castle. That will certainly help. And if Virginia Tech can win this game against UNC, all of a sudden you're starting to feel really, really good about their next four. So this is a this is a huge, huge game for the Hokies coming up this weekend because this is a chance to pick up one of those one of those wins that a is a conference win, but b is a win that you look at when it comes tournament time and you think, okay, that's the kind of win that you can feel really, really good about uh, when the committee is evaluating you. That's fair. That's fair. Ricky, I mean, like looking back at the, the loss about a month ago to North Carolina, what, what should the Hokies take away from that? I mean, I think that the, the team at large is playing much better basketball, but if I remember the story correctly, it was Armando Baycott just coming out the gate and he was unstoppable on the boards. They slowed him down a little bit, but then it was Manek, you know, the guy who looks like, a 2022 version of Bill Walton who, who did the rest of the job, the reoccurring theme issues on the inside. Kevin Alum has been playing better basketball. Do you think that's going to be enough to bridge the gap on what looked to be a pretty, you know, wide catch? If he plays with the same kind of mindset that he did against Virginia, I think that that will go a long way. Um, KV looked like he was he was in the zone against against the Hoos and he had he had that aggressiveness he looked like he knew he he felt extremely comfortable um, attacking and and not just playing off of others and they're going to need that exact mindset they're going to need him to be aggressive they're going to need him to be in the zone because uh, again Armando Baycott is is a, a very talented player um Anyone who can get eight offensive rebounds um, and and get to that number quite consistently is is pretty damn good. Um, I think it all comes down to defense. I I know that Tech's going to shoot the ball um, relatively well most of the time, uh, but they've they've got to find a way to continue this defensive effort. I think that that changes everything for them. Um, the I think the main issue in the in the Carolina game going back was. Tech's inability to get to the free throw line, um, considering for the entire game, let me see, they had 11 free throws and Carolina had 22 made free throws. So Carolina was much better at being aggressive on the offensive end. But we've seen again over the last couple of games, Virginia Tech has been better at getting to the basket and, and drawing contact. And that, that opens up so much if you can start to penetrate and get looks around the basket because you can get to your open shooters. 
And we all know that that's how Virginia Tech wants to play. They want to get the ball to their shooters and give them open looks. Um, but it's, it's a lot easier to do that when you've got guys who can get to the basket. So they've got to play as good as they played against UVA on the, on the defensive end. Um, UNC is going to make some shots. They've got some guys that are really good. Uh, Brady Manek has been kind of – he's kind of turned into a, a bit of their, you know, their catalyst on the offensive end, which I don't know if that bodes particularly well for the Tar Heels for the rest of the season. Um, but Tech has the guys up front, I think, to slow them down. I'm, I'm confident that Justin Mutz can play to the level he needs to play at. And I'm confident that Aluma can, can continue to play um, at the level that he's played at over the last couple games. This is his last chance. You know, I, I was kind of critical of KB towards the end of last season because I felt like he was playing a bit soft. Um, and I didn't feel like he was playing in the dominant fashion that he could around the basket last season. And early on this year, it kind of looked like the same thing. But over the last few games, he has looked aggressive. Um, he's played physical. He looks collected. He looks comfortable. And that's a scary, scary sight if you're an opposing team, as far as I'm concerned. Rick, I'm curious, but as we close the, close the book on the UVA game here, how do you view this Wahoo team, right? I mean, they got a weird resume. You got wins against Providence, who currently is a top 10 team. You've beat Duke, but at the same time, you have losses to Navy and James Madison, a bad North Carolina State team, a bad Clemson team. And, you know, wins and loss-wise, they're kind of right in the same category as Tech, but their resume is a lot more confusing based on what you've seen from them throughout the season. And, you know, as an adversary to the Hokies as well, do you view them as a tournament caliber team? I consider them to be a bubble team, just like Virginia tech. Um, the, the level of talent on this team has dropped off significantly. And uh, Tony Bennett's probably going to, I mean, I know he just won a national title and that's going to earn him a pretty long leash, but, at a certain point, you've got to look at the roster and, and think, um, why, why are we no longer uh, playing at the level that we were playing at a couple years ago when we had, you know, NBA prospects on our team? Um, UVA is just not there right now from a talent perspective. They've got some 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 good players. I, I think Francisco Cafaro is is an interesting guy at center. Um, he seems like he's got a little bit of talent, but um, Caden Shedrick played pretty well in the second half against Tech, not so well in the first half. Um, they, they've kind of relied on Armand Franklin a lot, and obviously Kihei Clark has been kind of the go-to guy for this team, and he played pretty poorly on the offensive end against Virginia Tech. Um, but they just don't have the talent that they had a few years ago, and it's coming back to bite them. Um, they – they play such an interesting style of basketball that they're going to be able to win games against uh, teams that are better than them because they can kind of equalize things. But when it comes down to it in, in, in the aggregate, they're just not as good as they've been in the past. And they're in the same position that Virginia Tech's in right now as it comes to, as it comes to bubble time. Um, they've got a lot of work to do themselves.
Indeed, indeed. Ricky, take off your Virginia Tech fan hat with what you want, and you're pretty unbiased usually. You let your opinion be known. That's kind of what you're known for around here. <laughs> but if you are advising Tony Bennett, and you know he has a reputation as one of the best coaches in college basketball at this time, he's got his ring at UVA. If offered another high-profile job elsewhere, would you advise him to take it? Do you think that he can continue the string of success that he's had in Charlottesville? I think he should stay. Um, he's, got, he's got an athletic program that is committed to basketball first and foremost, and that's pretty rare. rare. Yep. Um, most progr- most you know, schools, big-time schools, are going to – be primarily committed to the football side of things and UVA can say whatever they want, but they're not committed on the football end. Um, the, the administration's not committed. The, the fan base is not committed. The fan base is committed to basketball and um, he's, he's got plenty of leash there. And I, I think that UVA will be back at some point, but they just haven't recruited all that well. Um, and they haven't developed the guys that they had to, they were developing a few years ago. And that's what's hurting them right now. But you're in a conference where Coach K is leaving. Um, Roy Williams is already gone. There's not a lot of star power in the ACC as it comes to coaches like there was three or four years ago uh, when you had you know, Buzz Williams, um, Roy Williams, Coach K, um, um, I know Jim Laraniega is, is still at Miami, but I, I'm not really sure I consider him a star coach. But you start to go to a place that, like in the SEC and you've got some upcoming programs there like Alabama. Florida's always going to be an issue there. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, he should stay at UVA. I don't think he should look at leaving anytime soon. Last question I got for you before we log off here. Are you worried about the long-term future of the conference, given that Roy Williams is gone, given that Jim Beheim is, you know, probably on the final two or one hole of his career, that Coach K is out the door? I mean, two years now, this conference has been down. And, you know, we talk about money all the time on this podcast, but the Big Ten and the SEC are bringing that in. And – Unfortunately, the ACC is. Yeah, and I, I think it's a huge issue. I mean, the ACC has been able to, you know, hang their hat on basketball for quite some time. And if you look to the South, it's starting to become a, a huge issue. I mean, Auburn has completely flipped the script from, from a basketball perspective by hiring um, Mr. Crooked himself, Bruce Pearl. Um, Kentucky has kind of experienced a bit of a revival here. They were down for a couple of years, and I was wondering if Calipari would be able to get that thing turned around. Um, Alabama still has a lot of potential. I know they've, they've struggled a little bit uh, in the middle of the season. Tennessee is obviously really well coached. Arkansas has won 20 games this year. Um, you know, th- th- they've got some, some programs that are – becoming increasingly relevant on the national stage and UNC has fallen off precipitously. They are, they are not recruiting at the level that they were 10 years ago. Um, who knows if John Shire is going to be able to keep things going at Duke. I know he's been 
their primary recruiter for the last few years, and he's got a really good class coming in, and those are guys that he recruited. But is he going to be able to coach those guys up the same way that Coach K has? I, I personally think that Coach K has been um, kind of a mediocre coach on the court over the last few seasons. Um, and I'm not sure that there is going to be much of a drop-off there. But if you look around the rest of the conference, uh, Florida State, they've, they have struggled of late, and I don't think that they're recruiting at an elite level. Virginia Tech uh, was supposed to be a program that was going to be uh, a top 25 program this year, and they haven't, they haven't lived up to that billing. And they're, they've got three key players moving on after the season. So, and, and, and you mentioned the financial aspect of things. That's something that you cannot ignore, that at the SEC, the Big Ten, are just kicking the ACC's ass in, in fundraising. And the ACC is going to have to find a way to combat that. I know Jim Phillips is, you know, comes from a, a Big Ten school and has some experience and in, in all that stuff, but the ACC in both football and basketball is losing ground really, really fast. This has been a really, really bad year for the conference, both in football and in basketball. All right, Ricky. Well, I got to wrap it up here shortly. Do you have anything to say to the folks at home before we check out? Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, again, a uh, huge shout out to the fans who actually showed up to, to the UVA game. It was a, a great crowd. The atmosphere was great. You could feel it on the television and that's what you're looking for. And, uh, and tech has tech has been doing this for years, right? Where you have a team that, you know, has kind of underperformed and, and they start to get going and the, the fans are showing up regardless. So um, very, very well done to all of you guys. Um, somebody took issue with me calling castle weird. I don't, it's I don't, weird. it is, place, it, it cool. absolutely is weird. And, 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 but, and, and I told him, I was like, Hey, weird doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Right. Like Castle's one of those old school gymnasiums that feels like you're in the 1970s and you're going to play, you know, you're going to PE at high school, but surprise there's 9,000 seats in there. And that place is loud. And Dan Schulman gave the fans as much credit as he did. Uh, afterwards talking about it was one of the loudest environments he's been in all season. Um, so props to you guys for, for impacting the game as much as you did. And tech's going to need it for the rest of the season, especially against Carolina this weekend. I describe castle the same way that my girlfriend probably describes me weird, but charming and endearing. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to wrap it Self, up. Self-deprecation is always welcome on the hokey hangover. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, we're going to check out for tonight, folks. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Hopefully the Hokies can take care of business against UNC. And then we'll uh, really have to turn the wheels toward optimism at that point. Uh, Andrew Alex, Ricky the Blue. Shout out to Jeremy at Main Street Pharmacy. Sorry, I waited too long to drop the sponsor name. But, you know, you guys know the deal. Main Street Pharmacy in downtown Blacksburg. Pharmacy that truly cares about you. Be a neighbor, not a number, blah, blah, blah. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Hokey Hangover Podcast. As always, my friends, go Hokies.